Hey, it's Nikki Llewellyn and you're on Gut Plus Science. This podcast is on a mission to increase engagement at work. And on this show, we equip CEOs and people first leaders of all levels to make impact. Let's get to it. Hey, Gut Plus Science listeners, it's Nikki, and we're kicking off a special sub-series with our People Forward Network partners, Performa. Check the show notes to learn more about them. Such a great team doing great work to impact people-first workplaces. Our sub-series is called Designing the Purpose-Driven Workplace, and my co-host for today's episode is Brian Netzel, Principal and Director of Design at Performa. He and the team at Performa have picked some incredible leaders for us to talk with on this sub-series, and I'm going to let Brian introduce today's guest. Brian? Craig Dickman, welcome. Uh, He's the Managing Director at Titletown Tech, but I have to go way back in my relationship with Craig, and it probably goes back about 20 years, and I'm sure we'll get into the last 20 years of Craig's uh, evolution as a leader, but the reason that we selected Craig to be part of the podcast was a couple different reasons. Really, really love the authenticity of Craig. He's a visionary. He's an entrepreneur. He shares a lot of our values at Performa. He's a, probably one of the most optimistic people that I've known, which is a value we share. Super creative. And I think that kind of goes with being an entrepreneur, very honorable uh, person. And also curious, right? I think curiosity goes with being an entrepreneur. So we share a lot of very similar values and I've admired Craig and his leadership for the 20 plus years that I've gotten to know him. And when we talk about giving purpose the space to thrive, Craig gives a lot um, in anything he does. He grew up in this area. He is big into this community. He's passionate about giving, especially when it's wrapped around a purpose, right? So delighted to have him be part of this podcast today. Thanks, Brian. And welcome to the show, Craig. Today, we're talking about deliberate design of the workplace experience. I'm really excited to dig in on this deliberate word. We're going to have a theme of that today here with Craig. So Craig, welcome to the show. First up, share how deliberate shows up in how you practice as a leader overall. I think that the deliberate part really comes in a couple of things, and it's really about being you know, intentional as you're building a business, building a culture, building a space, building an environment, making sure there's a strong connection between purpose, why you're doing something, what is the, the brand that you're trying to build if it's an organization, how you think about culture, and then how you connect everyone into that environment, both in terms of physical and a manifestation of the the organization and the brand. So it really does come down to to making sure that there's absolute, almost fanaticism in terms of consistency and intentionality. And then again, it results in this deliberate approach that we were discussing. Okay. This is so good. And I want to know from you, Craig, I hear you're good at helping people around you embrace the mindset of intention. Okay. Just being intentional, being deliberate. Can you share with us some of your best practices to getting people to embrace living intentionally, especially those that are working around you and then just inspiring our listeners today around being intentional? Well, it's interesting. I think sometimes people make a mistake and say, you know, what we're going to do is we're going to collect you know, a group of people together, and then we're going to try to change their mindset and make them fit into a culture. And I think it really begins much earlier than that with 
with both as an individual, an entrepreneur, a founder, a leader, identifying, hey, what is it fundamentally that we stand for? You know, what is it that we're doing that we want to invite people into? And then being thoughtful about, you know, who joins the organization, whatever it is that you're trying to do to come together, because there's got to be something that connects to begin with. So it's really, you know, identifying and tapping into some of those those things to begin with. And then I think once you have a group that comes together, then it's really about working together to clarify what is that purpose? You know, what is it that really brings meaning to the, the reason that people are coming together? And then what is it that they're going to channel that into to do something, do something in the marketplace, do something in the community, but again, act with purpose. And so I think it really is, you know, oftentimes start with really as a founder, CEO, entrepreneur being and taking time to figure out what is really important here. And then one of the examples that I love to use is one of the companies that I founded and and ran for about 15 years. I used to keep track of an interesting metric. And the metric was how many people did we hire or ask to join the organization for which we had no job defined for? So instead of going out and saying, hey, I want a director of finance, here's a job description, let's go find that person. We kind of adopted a strategy that said, you know what? We know who we are as an organization. And when we meet someone that we think would make us be better, that would represent some of those underlying values and some of that sense of purpose, we would invite them into the organization. And then once they were in the organization, we'd figure out, okay, now what do you want to do on the inside? And there were times that as many as a third of the people in the company that I was operating were hired more because of who they were and what excited them than the skill set they had or what they were going to be asked to do inside our company. We're coming right back to the hiring topic because it's such a hot one. And I know you've got insights, but Craig, I've got a question. I love habits and I think repetition is what really helps things stick Give us an example of like a daily habit, maybe weekly habit that helps you consistently tap into the intentional living that you lead. Well, I think it, it comes down and what, what I reflect on in your question, Nikki, is so, you know, first organization. So in the organization, just as an example, and this is super simple, but, you know, our team starts every week by getting together with no agenda. We don't follow a script. We don't say we're going to cover these three things. We're not saying we're going to come together and figure out what our agenda is for the week, any of those things. Our focus is coming together and then whatever's on the minds of the people who are there, ultimately, which is going to influence the the work that's being done, you know, we just start there as an example. That's just one. You know, a second thing, you know, I've always believed In fact, uh, one of the companies I had, we incorporated this in the name, is that, you know, breakthroughs occur in the gaps. You know, they don't occur when you're working on something intently, when you're trying to hit a deadline, when you're trying to solve a complex problem. You've got to be working on it, and then you've got to create gaps, both as an individual and as an organization. And so I make sure that I create and try to make sure that the organization does create gaps after we've worked on something that's significant and intense where we might not have developed an answer or a consensus so that then we can come back. And it's almost like that, hey, I've got a great idea in the shower kind of concept uh, that people talk about all the time. And it's about bringing that in deliberately into an organization and creating gaps 
because I really do believe that's when some of the real thought breakthroughs can occur. So true. I just had a podcast recently that talks so much about the power of silence and how many of us have very little white space, very little silence, but the power of the shower time. And if we just actually scheduled quote unquote shower time, like how many great ideas would we have if we just took the time to think? So I love those examples, just planning time to be together, planning time for just gap time for breakthroughs and to reflect is so good. Great habits. I want to come back to the hiring talent topic. So deliberate workplaces are very influenced by the talent that they hire. I mean, every every workplace is very much influenced by every single person that is hired. And deliberate workplaces do this very intentionally. Craig, tell us your unique approach to hiring for greatness, because I really enjoyed learning about it when we talked last time. Share a little bit more. The, the first thing I'd say is when it comes to, you know, attracting people to come into your organization, I've always believed the worst place to start is human resources or with a job description. So where everyone else begins, which is, you know, human resources, a recruiting group within there, because oftentimes what I've found is the traditional hiring structures inside organizations are designed to try to match skill sets that exist in the individual to skill set needs and then de-risk the process. Try to make sure you don't make a mistake. Make sure that you're meeting all the regulatory stuff. Make sure that you're you're going through a process that is hyper repeatable. And the thing is, hiring people is more than just skill set. It's more than just skill need. It's more than process. And it's not about de-risking. So you really have to go into with a mindset of saying, hey, I want to you know actively engage a market to find people who have the purpose and the sense of purpose and and the behavioral traits instinctively, that would be a good match for our organization. So in our organization, what we did is human resources didn't exist. We took all those compliance things, gave them to finance because finance people are great at de-risking and they should be. And then we took the hiring process in the same vein that we did our brand. So we said our brand is really about communicating why we exist to our customers, to the community, to the market. It really has a sense of purpose. And we want to take that same sense of purpose into engaging with prospective people who could join us. And so we called it the breakthrough experience. What we wanted to do is make sure whether you were inside the organization or prospectively joining a customer, a vendor, someone in the community, that you had a really consistent experience when you're interacted with our company. And when you think about just in your experience working with people, and you know how brand and, and salespeople are always kind of pushing the end edge to try to do a little bit more. If you take that same mindset with people and take a little bit more risk on people, you can really find you know some some exceptional people, some exceptional talent and, and things that can really help the business grow that you might not have looked if you had been looking at resumes and looking for a reason to exclude someone first. Absolutely. And something really caught my ear on our last call. We were talking about this topic of hiring for greatness and you had an example about a certain individual that you were helping to find that right match. One of my favorite books of all time is The Dream Manager. And it's actually how I got to connecting with Performa, connecting with Tanya. We both share the passion for the dream manager and helping the workplace be a platform to help people's dreams come alive. And you do this in a little bit of a different way in your 
workplace in any workplace you've worked in is help people dream. Share an example about how you help people create their dream job. Well, it's interesting and maybe sharing it within wrapped in an example as well. And so going back to the last part of the conversation, what we used to do is we're described, you know, our culture is smart, passionate, and edgy. And so everyone kind of in the market got to know that we were looking for people who are smart, passionate, and edgy. And so this example occurred when a CEO in town, it's the most odd experience I've ever experienced in my life, because a CEO in town called me one day and said, hey, are you looking to hire had a data scientist? And I said, not really. Why? And they said, I'm interviewing someone here who's really smart, and we don't know what to do with her. But we know you hire smart people. Would you like to talk to her? And the first part that I loved is the fact that another company in town had gotten that sense of this is what we're doing in the marketplace and was willing to send us someone that wasn't uh, necessarily a fit for them. So then had this individual come in and she was surprised that she was there because she sat out that day trying to interview with one company and was literally deflected to another one that she hadn't heard of. And I wasn't expecting to interview anyone that day for a job that I wasn't looking for. And yet we found ourselves kind of sitting across the table. And after we kind of got through the, hey, this is kind of weird, isn't it? Discussion. Then I remember saying, okay, so we don't have a job. So tell me if you could do anything you want to do, what would it be? What would be your dream job? And she went through and identified, hey, I'd love to do this, this, this. You know, I've always wanted to do this. My last job, I did this, didn't like it. And she went through and kind of shared some of the things that she was looking for. And then what I did is say, okay, well, in our organization, here's some things that we kind of need. Here's some things that we don't. And I went through my list trying to be as transparent as she was. And then we said, okay, now that we both know a little bit about each other and what we we do and don't and like and, and don't like, if we put these together, what would it look like? And so we literally had a blank piece of paper and used it to to create a create a role inside an organization. And so, you know, we went through her list and it's like, we need that, we need that, oh, we don't need that, you can't do that here, that's not gonna work. But we went through and, and just literally on a blank sheet of paper. And then at the end of it, I said, okay, do you wanna do this? And offered her that job that we had literally just created together. And four hours before that, I had no idea I was gonna hire someone for that job or that I even needed that role in the organization. So cool. You know, my key takeaway here that I'm writing down is for leaders to consider how you can co-create dream jobs, you know, because it's like, here's what I need as a leader and what the organization needs. And here's what this person is passionate about, has a mission for, has talent around and skill and matching that. It's like, it's just an amazing thing. And that's where fire happens, right? People just get on fire, both sides. So thank you for sharing that. Such a cool example. It's so interesting because the other thing that happens is right away, the other person recognizes that, wow, this place is different. And and that's a really good kind of subset of it as well, because all of a sudden they realize that, hey, I'm coming into a different place. I'm going to work with people who have that mindset. In some ways, it's almost a little disorienting at the beginning, but that's a really good thing because that little disorienting at the beginning really allows people to open up in ways that they might not have otherwise. So inspiring from the beginning and empowering from the beginning. So uh, I, I really appreciate that story. 
So before I have you start talking about the deliberate design of your workplace and workspace, I want you to tell us about Titletown Tech because I find it fascinating. Can you take a minute and tell us about the backstory, what y'all do, and the vision? Absolutely. We're happy to. So so I always like to share that Titletown Tech is very much an improbable partnership because if you sat down and thought about it, you never would have created this. But it's a partnership between the Green Bay Packers and Microsoft. So again, two improbable partners who came together really with a sense of purpose. And that sense of purpose was, you know, how can we, you know, engage early stage founders and entrepreneurs, people who want to create, so the business creators in the world, and help leverage some of the strengths in the networks that they have to really help, uh, again, mostly first-time entrepreneurs and first-time founders figure out how to create you know, their business model, how to build their business, get it in the market, and then if it has some success, how to help them grow and scale. So the entire environment, which has an innovation lab, a venture studio, and a venture fund, is focused on trying to connect into the creator side of the business community and build and grow businesses. And we realize that you know, in our area, in particular, the Packers had such this unique power to convene. And because it was a very safe brand that people would come in and visit and explore. And, you know, most people, if they don't live in Chicago, love the Green Bay Packers. And then also, you know, Microsoft has this world reach and thought leadership. And so the ability for a young founder to come in and be part of that network is pretty special. And then to take it one step further, Nikki, what we did is we went out into the, the region and looked for other companies who had problems that they might want to solve or could be you know the first customer or product development folks for new companies and who are interested in financial return and invited them to join. So we've got a total of 17 companies now uh, that are part of our partnership, all focused on working with early stage companies and helping them build. I'm pretty sure my memory serves me right that Fork Farms is one of those 17 companies. Is that right? It is. It is. Fork Farms is one. Now, I have to share though, Nikki. So the 17 companies are the companies who are kind of investing money or resources into working with startups. Fork Farms is actually one of 22 currently startups and founders that we're working with to help them advance and take their product to market. And so we've been operational for about... 24 months, we invest in about one company a month and really help them grow. But love what the the founder, Alex Tank, and what Fork Farms is, is doing and really excited about their potential to create impact. That's so cool because as you were describing this, I'm like, I'm recalling and I just looked back at my notes and I was like, Alex was on the show. I remember hearing the vision uh, of Titletown Tech from him and just the support. And I think I'm on their wait list at Fork Farms to be able to have my own farm in my home at some point. I'm like, I am your ideal client. I love what you're doing. So hope to work with those guys at some point. So, okay, let's talk about the deliberate design of your work environment. Tell us a little bit about that. I think that rather than starting with the building and the design, it comes back to the, what we talked about at the very beginning. It's about purpose and brand and how you want to represent that in a physical world. Because you know, ultimately, I think one of the things that's really important for an organization is you want both who people are, the behavior of the company, the physical environment that they're in, 
the brand to all be a very consistent experience that reinforces what you're doing. And so then it's taking that sense of purpose now and saying, okay, what does that mean to the space? So if I can share two really quick examples. So the first one is the company that I was running at the time was called Breakthrough Fuel. And we managed the energy that was used to move goods to market. So our first corporate headquarters was a remodel of an 1898 train depot. And it had been abandoned for a little bit, and we worked on restoring the exterior to what it was in 1898, bringing it back to life, and then created a really modern, totally disorienting from the outside environment internally that was really kind of creative space. And and the reason we talked about even the place was, you know, at one point that had been the transportation hub of Green Bay, so it was moving things. And then we were really focused on sustainability and emissions. And so it also represented sustainability in terms of, you know, repurposing space. And so in each case, you know, what we've done is look at, you know, why this place or why this space? How does it fit into the business? And then again, uh, making sure that when you walk in and if somebody off the street who doesn't know you walks into the space, that they almost immediately have some sense of who you are and, and what you uh, what you stand for. And I'd love for you to talk about, you know, your experience with witnessing workplace environment impacting culture and just overall business success. Maybe some key learnings that you've had over the years or maybe a story or two to illustrate that. You know, maybe jumping forward to Titletown Tech and, and using this space as an example. You know, it was interesting as this space was designed and created, and again, in collaboration with Performa, really wanted to have it become a, a hub and a focal point, a bit of a beacon within the region for what does early stage look like? So the exterior was really designed to put a marker down in the community to say, hey, something new is going to go on here. And so the facility represented that. And then as you come inside, what we wanted to do is create spaces that, again, were very deliberate where, you know, there's there's places that teams can get together and work and collaborate and have real kind of engaging collaborative space. We've got another area carved out that's really focused on innovation and an innovation lab, and that has a different feel from the co-working space. And then we have another room, which is a bit of a boardroom, but it's where we try to make an impact if somebody's coming from outside and we've had some great examples where people from the coasts have flown in to look at a startup that we have here and have chosen to make investments. And almost every time they've walked in, they've had, had two quick observations. One, wow, this is not what we expected. So when we were coming to Green Bay, Wisconsin, we did not expect this, which is great because it just creates a new level set. It just kind of brings things down to a, a common point. And then the second thing that they do after they realize that, wow, this isn't the space. In this case, they're realizing that, wow, this is a group that I want to connect to, which is really important because, you know, they feel a connection after that initial surprise. And so really important. So as you look and walk kind of around the, the facility, you really get a sense of, you know, why something was designed, the impact it was trying to make, and whether it was for people you knew were going to be in residence working or coming from the outside is connecting. There is purpose behind it all. 
Absolutely. And Craig, before I turn it over to Brian here in just a minute for um, our last question, before we move on to our lightning round, I love partnerships. I love strategic business partnerships. And I think deliberate happens when experts come together as partners. Talk to us just a little bit about how you think about that and just partnerships in general and and your thoughts about the power of those and just the, the partnership between you and Performa and how when you've got those experts, it really unlocks that greatness and then the, the end result. Speak to that a little bit. It's really important. The, the word partnership is really important because sometimes you'll have people work with folks and think of, you know, customer vendor relationship. You know, I'll ask you for something, you deliver a service. And really what we're talking about partnership is what you're trying to do is bring together people who fundamentally can make you and your organization better. So one of the things I'd always talk about with with vendors, with customers, with partners, with connections, I should say, is don't give me what I ask for because I don't know your business well enough to know what to ask for. So don't try to give me what I ask for. Help understand what it is we're trying to do and then be as creative as you can to explore options with me. And that's really what we try to do is recognize if you're working with someone and you pick the right people to work with, you know, you're really entrusting them to help you think about their domain in new ways. And so you have to be open to allow them to explore and think about their domain where they're the expert in ways and keep an open mind. And I think that's the most important thing. You know, selecting is really important. Asking them and stretching them and challenging them so that they're thinking as broadly as they can in their domain and then keeping an open mind to freely intellectually explore with them until you come to something where there's a perfect alignment between what they're doing as an organization, what you're looking to accomplish and and, and with your purpose. And there's a a marriage of those. And when that happens, you have the ability to really do something special. Okay. Well, Brian, you're still with us. I know such an incredible conversation here. And I know you have an incredible leadership question for Craig before we start to transition into the next part of the show. Take it away. I do. You know, woven into this whole conversation, the word purpose has come up many, many times and you're hearing it a lot in today's media and it's all about the why and um, just love the word purpose. So Craig, what is the most profound or, or purposeful decision you've made in your leadership journey that impacts the workplace environment? Currently in the past, I know we've touched upon it, but give us your most deliberate, profound, purposeful decision uh, that you could connect to the workplace environment. What I've always found is sometimes the most purposeful decisions that you make, you don't know they are, are at the time. Because nobody ever sits and says, well, I'm going to make a purposeful decision. What it is, is really encompassing it into the work and the things that you're doing and then look back and say, wow, that was a really important decision that I made. So I'll even give you a really small example that I didn't realize was important at the time. But when I founded Breakthrough Fuel, again, in the transportation industry, early on, I made a decision that I wasn't going to hire people who knew anything about the industry, which was counterintuitive for everyone that I was working with, because they all thought you go out and you find people who have had 20 years in an industry. But if you recognize that what we we're trying to do is change the way an industry thought, you know, my belief was I couldn't change the way industry thought by hiring a bunch of people who created that industry. So I deliberately decided, you know, I'm going to hire 
fresh college graduates, people with no more than two years experience, you know, bring them in, make sure they're aligned on purpose. And it was remarkable. I can think of times when I had somebody in our organization, you know, two years out of college, 24 years old, standing in front of a senior vice president of a Fortune 50 company. And it was our person telling them, you know what? You're just not thinking about this right. You know, everything you know is wrong and I'm going to tell you why. And so I used to joke that one of my hiring criteria was hiring people who had way more confidence than they had any right to have, because then they'd be edgy enough to stand up and have that conversation. Now, when I did it, I didn't know that that was a purposeful decision. Afterward, you look at it and say, wow, that really shaped the culture in ways that I didn't even realize at the time it was made. And I think that's the case with a lot of kind of critical and purposeful decisions that leaders make every day. I love it. We were looking for that that tipping point uh, decision. And I think uh, that that's just a really good example of this purposeful decision and how that's impacted, you know, your reality in the workplace. So love that. Thanks for that question, Brian. We're going to take a quick break here from our sponsor message today. And we're going to be right back with our lightning round. We love this because it gives us time to learn a little bit more about the personal side of our guests. We'll be right back. Gut Plus Science has just joined the People Forward Network. Gut Plus Science has been on a journey for three and a half years, and we got inspired to create a global podcast network that captures the most incredible efforts of people-first leaders and humans working on a meaningful mission. We believe that the workplace is the largest mission field for change, and the People Forward Network is the largest community of humans on a shared journey to live life Full of meaning. We'd love for you to join the People Forward Network. There are all kinds of new shows and existing shows coming together under one umbrella to bring you the best content as a community on a mission. Can't wait for you to join us. See the link to peopleforwardnetwork.com in the show notes. All right, it's Nikki back on Gut Plus Science and having a great conversation today. Brian Netzel's with me from Performa and one of their favorite leaders, Craig Dickman. We've spent some time tapping into his passion around purposeful, deliberate decisions and design of just the overall workplace experience. So good. We're going to have a lot of notes in the show notes uh, for you all to reflect on. It's now time for our lightning round where we get to learn just a little bit more about the personal side of Craig, like I said. So let's dive into the first question and I'll let Brian, you take that one. So Craig, what is your favorite hobby when you're not working? Well, first, in some ways, you know, work is my favorite hobby, but I am a huge baseball fan and there's nothing better for me than sitting down the third baseline, watching a game in a beautiful summer day. How about your favorite book of all time or a favorite recent read? You know, being in Green Bay and being a sports person, when pride mattered uh, about uh, Vince Lombardi, amazing book, you know, great leadership. That's that's one. And then just on a side note, I always have to, to break the rules and throw two Love Peter Thiel's Zero to One because it changed the way I thought about the concept of creative monopoly and really helped shape some of the business decisions I made after reading it. So you're always on, Craig, and you're always working, but tell us what is your favorite vacation spot? Oh, favorite vacation spot without question, Key West, Florida. Okay. And then we definitely need to know how can our listeners connect with you after the show? I think there's a lot of intrigue around uh, what y'all do at Titletown Tech, and then also just so much leadership experience. So what's the best way for our listeners to connect with you, Craig? You know, I'm easy to find on LinkedIn. So feel free to pop out on LinkedIn, shoot me a note. I'll give back my email. 
and uh, always love to uh, to explore these ideas on leadership and, and purpose. Well, that was fun. Wow. Craig Dickman, it was such a pleasure getting to know you today and such great insights that you shared. Brian, thanks for your co-hosting. It was so fun. Really enjoyed our first episode of Designing the Purpose-Driven Workplace brought to you by our partner, Performa. So here's my truth you can act on from Craig Dickman. Number one, how are you being deliberate in your leadership strategy and daily practice? Keyword deliberate. Number two, plan time to just be together with your team members. No agenda, just time to be. Keyword be. Number three, create gaps. That's when breakthroughs come about and game changer ideas happen. You know, I've said many times, and I think Craig reiterated it today, it's amazing what comes to us in the shower, shower moments, right? When we have those gaps in our lives. So make some gaps to think and get clear. And number four, consider how you can co-create dream jobs. That was such a cool story from Craig. Leaders and team members together creating a dream job where possibilities are limitless. Well, this was our first of many in this sub-series. Such a great kickoff. We'll see you next time. We just left the world a little bit better. Now go do something with it.